Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. That's the highest praise. And that's why we say it so loud, because we want God to know that we're here. Listen, you know, some folks try to hide in church. Come on. Some folks try to hide in church. Listen, I want God to just see me, man. I want God to see me, all of me. Just, see, you know what, Lord, look on me. Listen, read my heart. Let me know if I got something going on that ain't right. Glory to God. Fix it today, Lord. Fix it today. Don't let me go out of here the same way I came in. That's how you got to be when you come. Amen. You got to expect God to just minister to you in a personal way. That's why you got to get his, his attention. Amen. Let's do this again. Let's say it loud. And then look at your neighbor and say, this one's going to be loud. Okay. You already told him. You already told him. Amen. So now, so now look back at him and say, now don't be looking at me funny. All right. You already told him. Amen. All right. All right. Let's do it again. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Man. Yeah. Come on, somebody. Now that now that that's a people of victory. You, you can't you can't be that loud if you don't got the victory. Amen. And, and you want to get God's attention. Amen. That's what we're doing. We want to get God's attention. Um, I'm going to pray in a minute, but. I have been preaching a series entitled Kings and Priests. Amen. Kings and Priests. We're going to be preaching part three today. Now, this is a powerful revelation that will bring transformation into your life. It's going to help you get the revelation, the understanding that that you need from God so that you can press in and get that victory that God has for you. Amen. Let's go ahead and pray before we get into the word this morning. Thank you, Father God, in the name of Jesus for blessing us, Lord, blessing us to be here. We thank you for this opportunity to sit at your feet and to receive fresh rhema from heaven. I bind the work of the devil right now in the name of Jesus that there be no distractions, but that your word would go forth and accomplish that which you've sent it to. We thank you, Lord, and we surrender to the power of the Holy Ghost now in Jesus' name. Amen. amen. Church said amen. amen. Well, praise the Lord. Now, what we're doing through this series, I just want to help you understand something. We are bringing order. Somebody say order. order. How many know our God is a God of order? Yeah. Amen. Listen. Our God is a God of order. First Corinthians uh, 14, verse 40. Let all things be done decently and in order. Let all things. That's all things. That's everything. Amen. And through this series, we are bringing order to the house of God. And in so doing, we are developing strength. We're developing strength and prevailing power. That will enable us to do the work of God here in earth. How many know we got a, a job to do? Yes, We've been learning through this series. It's not about us. Listen, after all this time, you thought Christianity was just about you getting your breakthrough. You just you thought Christianity was just about helping you get through your depression. It's not about you. Christianity is about you taking on this assignment and going forth and doing what God has called you to do in the earth. What will happen is you will be blessed. Because once you start focusing on the work of God, you start focusing on what it is that God wants to get done in the earth. What does he want to do with your life? You got to ask yourself, Lord, why am I here? Come on. What's my purpose? I mean, listen, after everything that you want to be fixed, after it gets fixed, then what? You know, there are a lot of people 
that may be appear to be in a better place than you, let's say financially or whatever, but they're not happy until they start fulfilling the plan of God. Until they start walking in the... This is why God put me here. This is why I'm still here. So I'm going to get busy about my father's business. Go with me to Mark. We've looked at this, but go there this morning as we start out. Mark chapter 16. And this is known as the Great Commission. Nobody is exempt from this. We all have our part to play in this. Mark chapter 16. And this is Jesus speaking to the disciples. Mark chapter 16, verse 15. And he said unto them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. The Amplified of verse 15 says, and he said unto them, go into all the world and preach and publish openly the good news, the gospel to every creature of the whole human race. Amen. How many know no one is exempt from that? The whole human race. We know John three sixteen. for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever would believe in him would not perish, but what? Have everlasting life. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him, verse 17, might be saved. God wants this world to be saved. How many of you have a part to play in that? Because if God wasn't going to use you, where would you be? (laughs) Amen. You'd be out of here. But you could have said the sinner's prayer. You said, Jesus, here I am. Forgive me. For all of my sins, take my life. I belong to you. And boom, you're out of here. So I have nothing to do. I don't, I don't need them for anything. They, they made it into heaven. Some Christians live like all Christianity is about is getting a ticket to heaven. If that was the case, when you got your ticket, how come you're not gone? You already got your ticket. You should be out of here. It's because you got an assignment to fulfill. Because it's not a selfish thing this this Christianity that we're living in it's not selfish this is about doing the work of God this is about me presenting myself to him as a living sacrifice and letting him do whatever he wants to do with my life whatever how many are there well you say Lord whatever you want listen I all, all of my own personal plans and dreams, I put it all aside, Lord, just to do your will. That's all I want to do, Lord, is do your will here in the earth. Amen. This is what this Great Commission is all about, us going out. Now, you won't be able to do that if you're um, stuck in, you know, your selfish motives and you have, you know, internally focused and things like that. You won't be able to see how big the world is and how much of a need there is. How many souls are actually hurting? You know, we, we, we touched on the Wednesday that people are dying and going to hell every day. Amen? And the sad thing about that is some of them have already had encounters with Christians. But the Christian was not focused on the big picture. That Christian might have been bound up in their own problems. They may have been bound up in their own situation, so they didn't see that hurting person and they weren't even able to minister to them. Amen. But how many know we're empowered? We're empowered to do this. Now, 
This revelation of kings and priests, this will start to help us understand our positions and, and who we are and what we're called to do in the earth. And it's actually going to help you to step into your God-given position of power and authority. How many know you got power? Oh, come on. I, I, said, at, 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 I said in prayer attack, if you don't believe it, it ain't going to work for you. Now, it doesn't mean it ain't going to work. It just ain't going to work for you. Amen. The person on your left, they might believe it. And guess what's going to happen? It's going to work for them. And if you don't believe it, you're just going to watch them thrive. You can watch them prosper. Amen. But if you believe it, you grab a hold of it. You say, now this is for me as well. This revelation of kings and priests. We have to understand our roles. Excuse me. We have to understand our roles and we have to understand what God has positioned us to do here in the earth so that now we can step into this victory. We can step into this power and this authority. I want you to know right now, you're not a victim. Amen? Come on, somebody. I'm trying to help you. Listen, I'm the priest. (laughs) Amen? I've been sharing this through this series. Two anointings. You got the kings and you got the priests. God uses the priests to get the vision from God. And then he uses the kings to bring along the provision. But you know, the priest has to speak life into the kings. The job of the priest is to speak to the part of you you don't even see yet. Come on, somebody. The job of the priest is to speak life into you where all you saw was death. But then here comes a priest speaking life on you. You mess around and believe it and start walking as a king in the earth. Start walking as a victor instead of a victim. Because when you start walking like that, the devil can't victimize you no more. You won't be victimized anymore once you understand who you are and the power you have access to. Amen? How many know today that you're more than a conqueror? Amen? Listen, you're not going to be defeated. You're going to walk in victory. There's areas of your life. There's strongholds the enemy has had on you, but you can snap that thing. Amen. You can snap that thing and walk in a new way of life. If you understand who you are, if you understand what you put in the earth to do and you're not afraid of it, you're more than a conqueror. Romans 8:37. I'm going to say today that you possess the power of a king. You possess the power of a king. Now, let me just break this down so there's no confusion. We've touched on it a lot. This is message three. We've covered a lot of the nuts and bolts of this in the first two messages. But these are two anointings God releases to empower the church to go forth and do what he wants done in the earth. The priest gets the vision from God. The king brings in the provision. The king is actually anointed to go out into the battlefield of the marketplace and win. And bring in provision so that now we can accomplish all the things that we need to do. If we start to blur the lines, if we don't stay where we're supposed to be, we can't accomplish what God wants us to accomplish. Amen? Amen. If we don't stay in the place where God wants us to be, then now we won't be able to flow and we won't be able to accomplish what God wants us to accomplish in the earth. Now go... uh, what, what, what God wants us to accomplish in the earth. Go with me to Revelations. Revelations chapter 1.
All right, when you get there, say amen. amen. Revelations chapter 1, starting at verse 5. And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead, and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. Just understand this really quick. Jesus cleaned you up. How many can remember being dead in trespasses and sins? How many can remember being in a place in your life where, listen, you didn't even like yourself. You didn't even like being there yourself. God picked you up from that place. Now, he didn't just pick you up, but he cleaned you up. He cleaned you up. And we touched on this in the, in the last message that when he cleans you up, he has to give you a new assignment because if he doesn't give you a new assignment, what will you do? Have you, now, don't raise your hand. But I know you have met some folks that got cleaned up. God helped them. Doing good for a while. And then they go back to the muck and the mire. Why are you back in that pool of mess that God picked you up from? They didn't get revelation of a new assignment. They didn't know what else to do. That's why statistics are, are not always as positive as we would like them for people that exit, you know, the penitentiary when they are exonerated or they get out. If they don't get them something else to do, if they don't learn a new way of life, if they don't get a new assignment, well, they do. Go back. And some of them want to go back. And that, now, that's a messed up thing. They up in there got people telling them when to eat, when to sleep, when to go to the bathroom. All that stuff, they get out here with freedom. If they don't get a hold of God, they don't get an assignment. Then they say, I need to go on back to bondage. Now, this ain't nothing new. Come on, somebody, what did the children of Israel do? Come on. God delivered them out of the house of bondage, they got out there where they were supposed to learn to trust God. They didn't catch revelation of their new assignment. So they said, we need to get back to Egypt. (laughs) We need to go back to slavery. I'm trying to tell you, if you don't catch revelation of this new assignment God has for you, that's why he saves you. But then he has to fill you now with purpose. He has to fill it. That's why he cleans you up, washes you with his blood, Now you won't feel unworthy. Come on, church. This is a big problem in the body of Christ. People don't feel worthy. That's when it comes to confessions and things. You start talking about, I'm highly favored. And you start walking around the earth. I'm anointed. It increases upon me. Money cometh. I'm calling it in. See, some of you, you're like, I I ain't doing all that. I mean, come on, Pastor. That Really? Come on, I'm going to show you in this word. You've got to catch revelation of who you are. You are a speaking spirit. There is power that God has put in your mouth. God will cause you to speak words of power that will bring change into your life, but you will not speak them if you have not identified with this new creature that you now are. Amen? Either he cleaned you up or he didn't. Oh, Pastor, I'm saved. Are you? How many know... You're not in heaven yet. So we know it wasn't about the ticket. Because if you received your ticket, you'd be gone. So we know it's about you doing something for the king, the king of glory. It's about you doing something for the kingdom of God. But in order for you to do this, you're going to have to step in 
to this God-given position of power and authority. How many know you're going to have to learn to fight the battle the way God instructs you to fight the battle? You're going to have to learn to do it God's way. You can't take the old tricks and tactics that you had before and think they're going to work in this kingdom business. Amen? You're going to have to learn how things are done in this way. So he cleans us up, washes us with his own blood so that now we would feel worthy. Now I'm going to challenge you. Just say, I'm worthy. Come on. Just say it like you mean to say, you know, I'm worthy. Come on now. Let me just, you know, let's just mess with the devil today. Just say, I'm righteous. Come on, some of you don't believe. Say, I'm righteous. Come on, somebody say, I'm holy. Come on, somebody say, I'm strong in God. Woo, man. See, I see, I see some stuff rising up in you, man. You see that? The devil don't want you, he don't want you saying that. Say, what do he want you saying at home? Yeah, I'm sick. I'm broke. Uh, well, at least I'm saved. At least I'm going to heaven one day. I can't have no, I can't figure out how to get peace going on in my house, but at least I'm saved. Come on, somebody, that ain't no anointing. That's not a person that's ready to do anything for the kingdom of God. This is serious business I'm talking about. You got to step into your position. You got to know that it's the blood. He said he washed you with his own blood, so that blood makes you worthy. So now you can receive everything that he has to give you. Now, verse 6, and he hath made us Kings, somebody say kings. kings. And priests, somebody say and priests. and priests. Now he has made us kings and priests unto God and his father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. He has made us kings and priests. This is what God has made us. This is an anointing that God has released into our lives. He has released this to empower us to do what he has called us to do in the earth. How does this work in the church? We've talked about the corporate structure of the church. Now, really quick, I touched on this last week. This is not gender specific and all this. This is referring to position. Amen. This is referring to position. This is not gender specific, just like in John chapter one, verse 12. He says, if we believe he gave us power to become sons. Those that believe on his name, this word sons means position. It's the sonship, that position we hold in Christ. It has nothing to do with gender. So kings and priests is the same thing, the same anointing. It flows in the same way. So what does this mean? A woman can be a king just like a man. That's why I'm not up here saying kings and queens and priests. And, you know, people just mess everything up. You know, trying to be all politically correct. I don't want the women to feel bad, so let me say queens. No. Because some of you might not have a king. And so you might have to be the king. <laughs> Come on, somebody. You might have to be the king yourself. Amen? Come on. And, and so there's definitions here that we have to understand. This is an anointing God releases. And so when it comes to the corporate church, that's the church house, the structure, the body, we have to have order in the house. God will have a priest. I'm the priest over here. I get the vision from God. And then now the kings, that's you all. Somebody say, I'm a king. I'm a king. Come on. Come on, act like the devil's looking at you saying, mm hmm. Come on, tell him I'm a king. I'm a king. Come on, you. Listen, the devil's messing with you on this. I already know. 
That's why you're going to be hesitant to go get the spoils. Once you know you're a king, you say, listen, come on, somebody, you won't be looking for nobody to do you a favor. You'll be decreeing and declaring, oh, no, in the name of Jesus, this thing is fixed for me because I'm walking in my kingly anointing. I have the power to increase. That's why I'm excelling at this job. Come on, somebody, that's why I'm getting promoted up in here. Oh, man, somebody going to get this message. Somebody going to get it. Come on, stop waiting for the government to bail you out. Stop waiting for everybody to come throw you a life raft. Start walking in this kingly anointing. Understand that God has you in the earth to do something. We have things to accomplish for the king of glory. He's put this kingly anointing on you. It's only two in the corporate church. You're either a king or you're a priest. That's it. Well, Pastor, I, you know, I've touched on this. Well, you know, I, I, I want to preach too. No, you got to be called to this side. Amen. Come on, somebody. You got to be, well, what do you mean? I know my Bible too. Yeah, you got to be called to this side. Amen. This ain't something that you can do just because you've read the Bible. Well, you know, I read the Bible. So I, I'm going to be a priest. Pastor, can I preach next Sunday? No. You sure can't. Not up, in, not up in this house. Come on, somebody. No. I want to give a word. Not here. Amen. Because God does things through order. I've, man, I've run into some craziness at being in ministry. People in the parking lot trying to give a word. Come on, somebody. If somebody try to give you a word in the parking lot, tell on them. Come on, I'm telling you right now. Tell on them, report them. Come on, you, you think I'm playing? Somebody in the parking lot, well, God told me to take. God didn't tell. Listen, if God wants you to know it, he would have told you up in church. So why you got to tell you in the parking lot? We got prophet liars. Come on, somebody. We got imitators. We got wolves in sheep's clothing. Come on. And, and everybody, you know, they want to get religious. This ain't about religion. This is about order. Amen. So it's only two. I'm the priest. So if you're in this church house, what does that make you? What does that make you? Okay. So what that means is you're going to have to listen to the priest. Get the instruction from the priest so that you can operate as a king. Amen. And this is what God has put in place. These anointings are, are, are powerful. And, and it will bring in transformation. And the church won't be divided. We'll be on one accord. The ch- Listen, it, when you understand that God has put the priests in place, you will trust the priest. And you won't walk out of here second guessing the word that was preached. You know, here's one of the biggest problems in people's lives. They won't submit to order. They want to do everything their way. They want to make every decision. They want to do whatever they feel like when they feel like it. They don't want nobody telling them what to do because they're grown. Listen, God does not care about you being grown. He don't care about you being a kid. He cares about order. And you will submit or be dealt with. Come on. The enemy will have access and, and, you know, some of you give the devil access into your life, then you're mad at him. Why are you mad at him when you let him in? 
Come on, somebody. You, now, you, now you're going to try to get to rebuking the devil. Now the devil's like, why are you rebuking me? You open the door. I mean, man, you told me to come in here. What are you talking about? Now you're acting like you don't know me. You, you, didn't invite me, you didn't invite me over your house. You didn't give me access to your whole house. And now you act like you don't know me. Come on. That's folks out of order. Ain't doing what the priests say. Because they grown. Amen. Then who you calling to pray for you? Come on. Listen, now you make it very difficult. Now you call me to pray for you, but you don't do what I tell you to do. Now, I'm not telling you what I said. I'm telling you what God said. And then now you're going to have me going to God. Well, they're not obeying, Lord. And he's going to say, well, why are you praying for him? Oh, y'all don't want to hear all that, huh? Y'all, y'all don't want to hear all that. Well, like, you know, Lord, can you help this family? Bless them, Lord. Come on. I know you can do it. I'm putting my faith out there. God said, take your faith back. Don't put your faith out there for them. They're disobedient. I Listen, your power is not going to be able to pass over their disobedience. I'm not going to overlook that. Now, God won't tell me not to pray for you at all. He'll just tell me to change the prayer. Come on, somebody. Instead of praying for your breakthrough, I'm praying for you to obey. And sometimes I might pray, Lord, go ahead. Do what you got to do. Come on, Lord. Okay, try the pebble thing. Go ahead. Okay, Lord, if you need to throw a brick on them, go ahead. <laughs> Come on, Lord. Listen, Lord, you need to drop a truck on them, go ahead. Come on. Because I want you to be blessed. I want you walking in the fullness of what God has for you. God has wonderful things in store for you. But you got to get your life in order. Amen. So just pay attention to the order of God. Then when you understand that, when this word is coming forth from this pulpit, you'll receive it. And so once again, really quick, this is just the kings and the priests. That's the corporate order of the church. And listen, it's not gender specific. It could be man, woman. I mean, you know, all that stuff. Don't let anybody confuse you in, in that regard. You know, there are women pastors out there. I have nothing against that. But we've also talked about the private structure and the way this anointing flows through the private structure now what's the private anointing here i'm talking about who who been here the last couple weeks come on what's the private side at home okay so at the church house this is corporate pastor troy's a priest everybody in here is the king but at your house it's the private side to this anointing then there's going to be kings and priests at the home and what does this mean if you're married, just I'm not going to teach a seminar on this, but I'm very accurate according to the word, Ephesians chapter 5. I'm really into this thing. If you're married, the man is the priest. The man is the priest. The man's got to get what from God? The vision. The man is a priest. You married. You don't, don't be up in the house just trying to run everything. And if you're a man... Don't be out of position. Don't be a man up in the house married and you ain't praying. You ain't got no time to pray. You're not ministering nothing into your family. When God put you there to be the priest who is supposed to get the vision from God, which is the direction for the family. 
the church is all messed up because people have forgotten this order. So you got so many men out of position. I ain't, ain't got time, you know. I'm going to go hang out with my friends. Man, forget them friends and get home and be a priest. Come on, somebody. You can cut them friends off. They're not going to help you. I need to hang out with my boys. Listen, when you get married, you ain't got no boys. Come on, I'm telling this. I'm speaking to somebody, amen. When you get married, you ain't got no boys. Come on, somebody. You got a family. I got to get with my homies. Listen, you keep getting with them homies, you'll be homeless. And, and, and why are you going to be homeless? Because ain't none of them homies going to let you live with them. Amen? You know good and well they don't want you over there at their house. So you got to step into your position. Be the priest. So I'm going to pray. I'm going to get a hold of God. And I'm going to be there for my family. I'm going to minister the word. And I'm going to do it by example. I'm going to show them how to live holy because I'm going to walk holy myself. I'm not just going to be telling them what to do. I'm going to do it. Let them see me doing it. Come on. Operating as a priest. Just like in the big church, I can't tell you to do something and I'm not going to do it. Listen, I'm telling you, you can spy on me. Come on, somebody. You can hire you a private investigator. Let him just follow me around. He'll mess around and get saved. Amen. He'll mess around and get saved. Come on. Because I'm not playing with this. This is, this is for real for me. And so when you walk it out, how I many know oh, you can talk it too? Ooh, when you walking, how I many know oh, you don't be quiet, man? You're quick to let it be known. When you're walking it out, man, you, you're quick to talk about Jesus. When, you, when you're living in dirt and sin, you, you're quiet about the Lord. You get real quiet, real private. Well, I don't want to offend nobody. You just don't want to draw attention to yourself. Amen. That's what it is. You don't, you're not worried about offending them. You just don't want to draw attention to yourself because you're not living it out. So now on the private side, if you're married, who's the priest? Yeah, you, Ephesians chapter 5, just read it. It's all right there for you. Now, if you're not married and you're single, who's the priest? That's right. The, the, the adult up in there paying the bills. Come on, somebody. That adult is in charge. If you're a single man, you're still the priest. If you're a single woman, you're the priest. Ain't no kids the priest. I'm going to just let the kids do what they want because I want to keep them happy. And some folks have messed around and they're letting the kids do Listen, I have met some disobedient kids. I'm like, what's wrong with these kids? Doing what they want. Talking about no. No? Are you kidding me? I mean, because the kid is really at the lowest level of the house. I mean, think about it. When we start talking about hierarchy, the kid has none. I mean, we talking about order and all that kind of stuff. Where did the kid, you, you have, no, listen, you on the low part of the totem pole. Amen? Because what? They're depending on you. They're depending on you to take care of them. So they got to surrender and, and commit to the order. So parents, don't let the kids run the camp. Uh, you guys know I preached for years on this. I'm not, I'm not into that. Make these kids obey. Make them conform to the order. So 
if in the court, uh, the private structure, that's that's going to be whoever, whatever adult is is there. If, they, if it's a single person, then that person is in charge. Now, let me just touch this real quick. What if you are married, but your husband is is not acting as a priest? Now, don't raise your hand, amen. I don't want to. No, I don't want you know. I don't want you to. Put, I don't want you to put him out there. Don't put him out there. Don't raise your hand. Don't put him out there. I'm gonna pray for him. Don't put him out there. But he ain't acting as a priest. So you're saying, well, Pastor, you know, I hear what you're saying, but this brother is not getting it. <laughs> he is not the priest. Now, you got to stay in order and you got to pray for him because you're married. So you got to pray for him. You can't get out of order. Don't start bad mouthing him. Don't start talking about him. Don't start trying to override him. Don't start going to him. Now, you're going to sit down and listen to me read this word to you. Listen, he don't want to hear the word from you. Come on. Amen. I'm going to read this word. Hey, sit down, man. Let me hear. You wonder why, you wonder why he don't never want to stay home. Come on. There, no man likes being bossed around. You wonder why he don't want to stay home. You need to sit down. You need to do this. Really? Come on. Did you tell me? Wait. Listen, come on now. I know, I know I'm helping you. Some so, of you know the wives be talking to their husband like he's a kid. Listen, and all you're doing is sowing into him as a kid. So guess what he's going to do? Act like a kid. He's going to act like a kid. You treat him like a kid. That's why he act like a kid. I don't understand why you don't get it right. Because you, you, you ain't reverencing me. Amen. So, if he's not doing what he's supposed to do, pray for him. Amen. The wife, wise woman builds her house. Pray for him. Intercede for that, brother. Say, yes, Lord. And then now I'm going to challenge you. Start calling out that priest on the inside. Amen. Even if you're doing it in your prayer. Oh, Lord, I see, the, I see that priestly anointing in here. He is the priest of this home. I'm speaking to it. I'm calling it out. That's my man of God that I'm following. Come on. Amen. Don't let all this women's lib stuff mess you up. I'm telling you right now, every single one of you women in here, you need a priest. Unless you've been given the gift of singleness. Like Paul got the gift of singleness. Paul said, I don't want to be married. But most of y'all want to be married. So you got to know how to act. You got to know how to say, well, you know, I need me a priest. Because I need somebody to cover me. Unless you've been given the gift of singleness. If you've been given the gift of singleness, that means you don't desire to be married. You want to stay. And, and God might send you out to the mission field somewhere. You know, you, you, I'm telling you, you might end up, you know, in some place in a hut somewhere. Just you and God. Now, if that's what you got on you, praise the Lord. But if not, you got to understand how this anointing works. And you got to be praying, I need me a priest. God's going to say, you got to know how to act. Amen. Oh, now I said this wasn't going to be no marriage seminar, man. But just you know, these things here. You know, we got to get these things. We got to get this truth. You know, you got your priest now. Appreciate them. Come on, somebody. I'm telling you right now. If you if you're married, you know, you got listen. You got to be your husband's best cheerleader. 
the loudest one, cheering the most. Amen. Come on, somebody. Listen, you got to be encouraging that brother to do something that the world's saying he can't. The world is telling him all day, every day, what he can't do. So when he come home, he got to be built up and not torn down. Amen. That, that's, that's just a little bonus for y'all. Amen. Praise, <laughs> praise the Lord. Okay, but listen. Okay, so, so we understand this here as we're looking at this. These anointings, corporate and private, we get that. It's, it's going to flow. Now, I have to add this too. In the private, in the home, both parents may be the kings. What does that mean? Both parents may go out and get provision, right? And so the priest is going to get the vision from God. Then the, the uh, kings will go out and get the provision. So that means both parents may work. And especially in today's society, we have a lot of uh, parents that both parents work. And that's okay. They're going to walk in that kingly anointing. Now, if the, if the couple is married, they're going to be in agreement. Now, it's not that the priest is going to be just domineering and all that. They're going to work together. They're going to communicate and help each other. Then when they go out into the uh, marketplace, then they can win the spoils. They bring in a provision for the family. Amen? Amen. So it's not gender specific. We understand that? We, we, can, we can move past that. So now... For the purpose of this series, as we've been preaching it, it is really to help us to understand how God is going to develop this and get this order in place. He gets the order in place in church, and then now it helps us in our own personal lives. God is speaking. That's why you have to go to church. Amen? Amen. You know, some people think that they could just uh, watch TV. And get a word from somebody from time to time. You can't do that. You can't live off of that because you're not under any covering. How many know they don't even know you, the people you're watching? They say, well, you go to church? No. I watch uh, this pastor here. I watch. Now, does he know you? Come on. Has he met you? So he ain't even praying for you. No, he, yeah, he prays, he prays. He ain't praying for you because he doesn't know you. He's not responsible to cover you spiritually. That's why you got to go to church. You got to be plugged in so that you can have this covering over your life and you can have a priest that will hear from God and get what you need to hear. Amen. I can go to God and listen and get that download from God and then give you exactly what you need to hear. In fact, I will hear things from God that you don't hear yet. Come on. If I'm telling you, you got to understand this anointing. I'll hear from God and give. That's what church is all about. That's how, that's how come you come and you learn and you start to grow and you start to develop and blossom. I will hear from God and then give instruction to the priest and the body of Christ will be advanced. We will all move forward and accomplish great things for the Lord. But now you have to trust the priest. Amen? Now we're just back on the, the corporate structure. You got to trust the priest. You can't be saying, ah, man, I don't know why Pastor Troy is preaching that right now. I'm just, that's just not motivating. I'm not inspired by that. You have to trust the priest. Well, you know, I don't like the rules that they have at the church. You know, how come I can't bring coffee up in there if I want? Come on. I mean, why? I don't like, you know, 
Why do I have to? Why are there any rules? I want to just do what I want to do. I don't want to come at 10. Come on. Come on, you have to trust the priest. Trust the structure and the order that we have laid out in here, right? And then let God see you operating in order. Now you're going to benefit from the order of the church, amen? Because God's going to speak to the priest and the priest is going to bring what you need to help you. He's going to speak into your life. And you don't have to turn there, but write it in your notes. We've covered it last time, 2 Chronicles 20.20. He says, trust in the Lord and you shall be established. Then he says, believe the prophets and so shall you prosper. So the prophet is operating as the priest, the man of God, responsible to get the word from God and release it to the people and to give the direction that's needed. So we have to trust. And now you have to know, okay, the priest is connected to God. How do you know that? Because what he says is going to be lining up with the word. And that's how you judge that. Amen. Now, if you feel like the priest is not connected, then guess what you need to do? Get you another priest. Because if the priest is not hearing from God and and not ministering into your life, and you you feel, well, I don't think he's a priest. Well, you need to get you a priest. Because it's not going to, you're never going to be able to say, well, God, you know, I just don't trust these priests. I went to, or, you know, modern day term is pastors. I don't trust these pastors. I've been going to churches and found out that the pastor was crooked and this, so forget it. I ain't going to church no more. It doesn't change God's order. You still have to have a priest speaking into your life. So just because you ran into a false one doesn't mean you can change God's order. You got to find you a real one. You got to find you a real man of God. And that's going to speak into your life. And that's going to care for you and help you and shepherd you the way God intends. You can't change the order. You got to have a priest speaking into your life. Amen. Okay, now go with me to uh, 1 Kings. 1 Kings. We're going to look here at 1 Kings in in, uh, chapter 18. Now remember, God is a God of order and he always flows through his order. He doesn't go outside of his order. Now, there are counterfeits and copycats, and, and we know the devil is, is uh, the deceiver, the deceiver of the brethren, and he always tries to copy and, and make people fall for tricks and lies, and so he can have his way. But God always operates according to the truth, the truth of his word and the order that he has laid out or put in place. Now, in... First Kings chapter 18, just to paraphrase, there was a great famine in the land, uh, a drought. It hadn't rained for, you know, three years. And God speaks to the prophet Elijah and he tells him to go over there and talk to Ahab, talk to King Ahab. And he says, when you do this, I'm going to bring the rain. I'm going to do these different things. But there was such a, a place of, of despair. There was such a down uh, turn in this environment. Um, in fact, it, it, it talks about, and you can read this, this whole chapter in your own time, but it talks about Jezebel. Had Jezebel had actually taken the prophets of God captive, and, and she was ruling and, and shutting down 
the work of God. Amen. In fact, everybody was afraid. And there was a, a man named Obadiah, which actually Obadiah said, well, you know what? I'm going to grab a hundred of the prophets and protect them. Now he acted in faith. He said, I'm going to just grab a hundred of the prophets and protect them. And he put them 50 by 50 in a cave. Then he went and fed them bread and water, but he was keeping them safe. Because now them, pro, them prophets of God weren't operating the anointing. They should have been because that wouldn't have been an issue, but he did this. But now God sent his man. Somebody say his man. God sent his man, Elijah, over there, operating, walking under this anointing and appeared to Obadiah and told Obadiah, listen, things are about to change. God sent the man of God over there to speak a word into a desperate situation. God will use, listen, he'll use the man of God to speak life in the midst of death. To, to speak life in a desperate situation. Some of you right now have almost given up. But God said, no, things are going to get better. God's releasing a word of life into your situation that you will know things will get better. Amen. Let me just do what I'm supposed to do. Let me just listen. Look to your neighbor and say, you might as well cheer up. Come on, you might as well cheer up. I'm telling you, right now, no matter how tough things have seemed, no matter how much of a despair you've been in, things are getting ready to get better. And you better trust the man of God as I'm releasing this. This is a word to go into your life to bring you into a different place. Some of you have been in that place too long. Listen, they were captive in this situation. Jezebel had them under her thumb. They were all afraid. Even the prophets of God were in a cave because of fear. Then God sent his man, Elijah, over there. Somebody that would hear and obey and wasn't afraid to say what God. See, that's the problem with a lot of pastors. They, they're scared to say what God told them to say. Listen, I told you last, last week, I, we broke it down in King, Kings Part 2. Kings and Priests Part 2. We talked all about the money thing. Amen. Amen. And those of you that missed it, you need to get that CD or get online and hear it. But we talked about it. We let it be known about the structure. In the biblical times, God set the tithe up to be an inheritance to the priest. So that the priest don't have to worry about finances. The tithe is supposed to be an inheritance to the priesthood. Then he showed the priest, he told the priest to take a tenth of the tenth and offer it unto him. And everybody thinks priests are supposed to be broke. They think priests are, you know, they're more holy the less money they got. Amen. You ought to want your priest prospering. Amen. You ought to want your priest prospering. You ought to want your priest driving a better car than you. Some, see, y'all, y'all don't want to hear this. Y'all don't want to hear this. According to the word of God. Well, what do you mean? I'm telling you. God sent his man over there. These people were just about ready to die. But because there was a man of God that would listen and they were not afraid, he was not afraid to say what God had told him to say. Then he bought this word and he told Obadiah, he said, I want you to go tell King Ahab that I'm here. Now, Obadiah was afraid. He said, wait a minute. Man, you're the man of God. Sometimes you're here and sometimes you're gone. If I go tell King Ahab you're here, and you're not, he's going to kill me. So even Obadiah was afraid. But then Obadiah decided to trust who? Now, who did he trust first? 
Come on. He trusted the prophet. He said, all right, I believe you. So you got to learn how to trust the man of God. Well, if it, what, you know, even when it doesn't make sense, you got to trust. Okay, okay, I, okay. Because sometimes you don't have the revelation yet. Here's another problem. People wait, well, God ain't spoke to me like that yet. I done already told you guys, God told me to go to the Philippines. And some of you are like, well, God ain't told me to give yet. I, you know, I'm just waiting for God to speak to me. He ain't spoke to me about sowing no seed on that yet. I don't even know nobody in the Philippines. Well, I know I can't do it right now because things are too tight. And you won't listen to the man of God said that you've got to do something to get out of your situation. You've got to release seed by faith. You've got to obey the man of God. I told you God gave you an opportunity to give. Some of you laughed at it. Come on, church. Some of you laughed at it. Some of you ain't taking it serious. Come on. But I'm your priest. (laughs) Come on, somebody. These things are connected, church. These things are connected. You've got to trust the man of God. Listen, if you don't trust him with your money, how are you going to trust him with your soul? Huh? You don't trust him with your money. How are you going to trust him with your soul? You believe that I'll intercede for you? But you don't think I'm telling you the truth when God said I got to go to the Philippines and y'all got to send me? God sent Elijah, his man, who wasn't afraid. See, I ain't scared of none of y'all. I ain't scared of none of y'all. I ain't afraid to tell you what you need to hear. Amen. Amen. You got to understand the order of God. God said, taking these things serious. Take this stuff serious. Three years it hadn't rained during a drought, a sore famine in the land. Some of you right now, you've been in a drought. Come on, somebody. Some of you have been in a sore famine. Got sickness you can't get off your body. Come on. Can't fix your finances. It seems like every time you get some finances, something else happened. Money going out the window. Can't fix. Listen to the man of God. You, you better pay attention. I already said God got millionaires. He's raising up in this church. He ain't going to raise up people that ain't in order. You're going to have to be in order. You got to trust what God is doing. Amen. You got to be looking for opportunities. Okay, God, God increases when I sow. So let me get opportunity. Oh, praise the Lord. You should be. You should have been at home. Talking about glory to God. God brought us an opportunity. Praise the Lord. Amen. Pastor's going to the Philippines. I can sow some seed. Hallelujah. Amen. See, that's blinded. Oh, blinded by fear. I, get unco- I always get uncomfortable when he talks about money. I love Pastor Troy. Except for when he talks about finances. I just... That's the one thing I don't like about I mean, you know, I trust that brother with everything. Come on, somebody. Some of you, man, you listen, some of you would drop your kids off, man. You just drop your kids off with me and I, let me take them to Disneyland or anywhere we want to go. But you ain't going to pull out that checkbook. 
Come on. Come on, man. You, you, you take my kids. Oh, Pastor, shoot. I love you. I trust you. Here go the keys to my house. Come on. You, need, you come over anytime. Refrigerator's all yours. Go ahead. Do what you want. I start talking about money in that checkbook, and you're like, you start looking at me sideways. Hmm. Is that the devil? <laughs> uh, is that you, Satan? <laughs> Come on. This is the truth. Don't, don't, don't fall for the blindness. These people were getting ready to perish. And then the man of God came forth who was not afraid to release the truth with power and authority. And it was time for things to change. And God used Elisha to go in there and speak. And he spoke things that others couldn't see yet. And he came into the situation in 37, he says, and he proved it even before then. I'm going to paraphrase, then we'll go to verse 41. But he proved it. There were all these false prophets in the land. There are false prophets out here now. What are they telling you? The man of God is telling you to sow into the kingdom of God. And the world is saying, sow into this, sow into that. Come on, invest into this, invest into that. Spend money on this, spend money on that. That's what the world is telling you to do. The man of God is saying, sow into the kingdom of God. But, but some of you, you don't get the idea of this investing in the kingdom. And so, but you'll be quick. Somebody comes and says, I got a business deal for you. Boom, there it is. You cut them a check. Lay it out there. That's the world. Now, there are false prophets out there. And what happened is Elijah had to let the people know he was the real one. And he says, okay, all you prophets, come on. Why don't you get your offering and put it on the altar? Don't put any fire under it, though. And I want you to cry out to your gods. And let's see if the fire comes down from heaven and burns it up. And so they cried out and they cried out. And Elijah gets to laughing at him. He says, is your God, is your God sleep? It's, it's right there. You read this whole chapter. He says, is your God sleep? Is he preoccupied doing something else? Then he got his offering together, put it out there, and then he called down from heaven and boom, what? Fire came in because he was truly connected. He was the real man of God. Now, he could release this word and he told in verse 41, remember, it had been a drought and a sore famine in the land. Then verse 41, and Elijah said to Ahab, get thee up. Eat and drink, for there is a sound. Come on, church. There is a sound of abundance of rain. There is a sound. He said, get up. Get up out of your stupor. Get up out of that depression. Get up out of that life you've been in too long. There is a sound of abundance of rain. God's getting ready to bring the rain of his provision into your life. He's getting ready to bring the rain of healing into your life. He's getting ready to bring the rain of deliverance into your life. But you got to get up. You got to get up. King Ahab could have stayed sitting there. He could have just said, okay, Elijah, it has not rained in three years. I'm not getting up. But he trusted the man of God. And so he got up. And he acted as though what he received from the prophet was going to come to pass. What did he do? He went and looked. 
What do you start looking for? Ah. See, sometimes you come to church and you get a word, and I tell you to be encouraged and do something, and you go back home looking for bad news. You don't go home looking for money to come. Some of you have been here, I told you, you better start speaking to your bank accounts. Start speaking to the mail. Start speaking to the atmosphere. Calling these things in. And some of you go home and wait for more bad news. You got to trust what God is saying. Ahab had an opportunity to be still or to get up. He got up. And he went out there and he looked. And he said, you know what? I'm going to look for these clouds. He bowed. He put his, his head between his knees and he was praying. Okay, Lord, this has got to come to pass. And he looked and there was no rain clouds. See, some of you start looking and you start doing right and you don't see anything change right away. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Then you give up. All right. God then, then told you, you need to plan. You need to sow into the kingdom of God. Then you sow a little bit and then nothing happens and you stop. Ahab, King Ahab put his hands, his head between his knees. And then he, he just, but he stayed in there believing. Then he looked from a distance. And the Bible says he saw a cloud. He saw a little, a little cloud, looked like a, looked like a hand. And it was black. It had rained for three years. They're in a drought. And he saw, he saw that cloud coming. He saw that cloud coming. And so now his expectation began to increase and God bought this rain. But there was obedience that had to be in place. Amen. Obedience had to be in place. You're not going to get your breakthrough if you don't obey. It's not going to happen for you, church. It's not going to manifest. Things are not going to get better in your life if you do not obey. Last scripture before we go, I'm just going to read it out really quick. It says in Deuteronomy 11, chapter 13, and it shall come to pass. Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse 13. And it shall come to pass if you shall hear, hearken diligently unto my commandments, which I command you this day to love the Lord, your God, and to serve him with all your heart and with all your soul, that I will give you the rain of your land in due season. Somebody say, it's my time. And the first rain and the latter rain that thou mayest gather in thy corn and thy wine and thy oil. And I will send grass into the fields for thy cattle that thou mayest eat us and be full. God is bringing in this provision. You've been wanting things to change. How many want that change to come? How many want the change to come? Come on, somebody. You have to trust the Lord. You have to believe what is being released in the house of God. Now's the time for you to get up and expect your reign to come. Amen. Go ahead and give the Lord a hand clap this morning. Amen. Praise the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen.